to another episode of the Naturally Appealed Podcast. I'm Pablo Cortez. And I'm Analicia Gomez. And today we have Jonathan Stalvi. He is the a landscape designer at SVA in Santa Ana and a good friend of mine that we've actually worked together in the past at, um, at a firm in uh, Newport, MJS. Um, John, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for being uh, joining us, man. Thanks for making the time. I know you. I know you're busy. I know you're busy. You've been busy. <laughs> very busy right now. Yeah, very very busy. Cool. Well, thanks again for uh, for taking some time. Um, yeah, anytime. Yeah. I tried to come on uh, the first season, man, but we just couldn't get things to uh, yeah to work out. So yeah, I apologize for that, but um, looking forward to this season. Yeah, thanks. Again, we're gonna we'll we'll, we'll get into uh, some of the questions we had from back then. I'm sure stuff has changed um, since then with everything going on. Um, but um, I don't know, Anna. You want to kick us off with uh, John's first question? Yeah, I know at SVA you get to work pretty exclusively with architects. So I wanted to know how does working with architects directly um, on your design like change your ideas or your concepts for landscape? You know and do you ever get to influence the building design based on landscape ideas that you may have? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, SVA is an architectural studio, right? We we are an architecture firm, um, and and uh, I work daily with uh, very talented architects um, from all over the country, really, and and all over the world, really, and. Um, and uh, it, it's really, it's a unique perspective because we, it, it's different than collaborating with them over the phone, right? Or handing off base sheets or, you, you know, having those coordination meetings at the developer's office, right? I mean, we have these meetings daily and, um, and you know, to your question about, about influence, I, I don't. I guess it works both ways, right? But I, I don't want to say that I necessarily influence the design or our landscape architecture designs influence the building or things like that. I, I would like to say that the process, right, and the collaboration that we have together kind of develops both, not not just the building and not just the, art, the landscape, but the entire site plan and the programming and and so we kind of we feed off of each other, really. And I mean, from from the very beginning, um, I would say it's been a really great experience um, working with with some really talented architects and um, seeing you know seeing the way that they think about stuff, right? And um, and 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 I guess from the very beginning, they have always um, respected and appreciated my point of view. And and I have done the same, you know, as well. And uh, and uh, so yeah, I mean, we and I think that um, I think that we all, I mean, all of the employees, anybody who's working with me, and anybody that I'm working with, I think we're all benefiting. But I think even the company as a whole is benefiting by diversifying their staff, right? Um, so. Hopefully that answered your your question. Yeah, so it's a, like a much more cohesive process where from the get go, you know, so everything's kind of shaping each other, which is a lot different than I think a lot of architecture firms where 
you know, the landscaping kind of comes as after the fact, you know, it's like an afterthought a little bit. Anything in particular um, about how architects kind of think and their design process that you've kind of adopted for yourself? That's a good question. <laughs> That's a really good question. I mean, um, I think a lot of times, to go back just a little bit about what you mentioned, a lot of times, yeah, right, we receive drawings that have already kind of been developed and been the site plan has already been defined and the buildings have been placed and the programming has been there. And um, we don't get a lot of say in that. We also don't get a lot of say in like how big some of these spaces are. And, and, um, and I think that having a seat at the table, I think better informs those plans when they do go to a landscape architect, right? So they're not, you know, maybe they're not, the, the architect is not putting a building, maybe you're giving enough room for, you know, the right amount of people to walk, right? Or the amount of plants that you want there, the, the right size tree, or you're kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, you're kind of considering all of that up front as opposed to getting it after, you know, after the fact, right? So I think one of the things that I, I take away from, the architects that I work with is like their attention to detail. So, I mean, obviously we have like a, a wide range of people at our, you know, in our office, you have people that are working on construction documents, you have people that are working on site planning and interior, and we're kind of all over the place. But I think that some of them, um, they've, they've shown me like an attention to detail that I, I don't think I ever got anywhere else, right? I mean, the de details that they put together, the packages they put together, the, um, it's it just, it's inspirational sometimes, right? To look at um, some of these packages and even just when they're talking, I don't know, it's impressive, right? So I take that away and I try to apply that to my plans as well, right? I have to try to live up to those same standards that they have in some, in some regard, right? Um, but then the other part that like I never really considered before is like you know kind of all of the um, behind the scenes um, data that, that they need to get right I mean how many you know obviously they're working very closely with the developer and the developer knows how many units they need to make something work right how much space do they need to make something work how many people do they need to and and there's a lot of that that's happening behind the scenes that I think that um, as a landscape designer, landscape architect, or working at a landscape studio, you don't really see a lot of that, I don't think, or at least I never did. Yeah, a lot, a lot of that uh, stuff you're talking about kind of gets, you're giving that information, right? Like when you're talking about sort of the data stuff, that's already been done by the time, um, you know, a, a landscape firm takes over their portion of the project, right? Like Annalisa mentioned, it's it's something that's left towards the end of the project, um, whether it's in design or construction, and a lot of that stuff for the majority of, 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 um, people working in landscape is they're just given that information. They don't, they don't have a, um, direct role in, in preparing that. Right. And, and, um, I don't know, do you, is that something that you're involved in from the beginning? Is it something that's developed while you're. Yeah. I mean, kind of, I mean, from the very beginning, right. Um, they're looking at that. We are looking at that as a team. I mean, um, you know, a lot of that is being, being, um, given to you by the developer they know what they they know what they need to hit right and and we we try to hit that number but we also try to um 
you know, we try to inform them as well. If it's something that is, you know, not possible or is going to be too tight or if it would be better to lose a few units in order to um, make, you know, some of the amenities better or make the, you know, entry, the approach better, uh, then we, we definitely, <clears throat> we definitely talk to them about that. Um, and, and bring that up and uh they, they don't like hearing that do they no <laughs> get rid of these five units <laughs> you'd be surprised but and you'd be surprised but one of the things too i mean we, we obviously work on a lot of um we work on a lot of rfps and you know we're, we're we're giving we're given kind of this data that we have to uh you know follow they love it if you go above and beyond that right sure. like, hey, we, yeah. we need 100 units and then you somehow find a way to make it work with <laughs> magically yeah. <laughs> yeah magically make it work right yeah so um you also do a lot of work with schools right sva does a lot of work in um education yeah um i, I would say that's the primary bulk of bulk of work is k k12 yeah have you seen any changes in either architectural design or even in, you know, the landscape design um, since the beginning of uh, this COVID stuff, right? Have you seen anything that has um, maybe trends or um, designs that have changed because of uh, the pandemic? Wait, we're bound to talk about it, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, not just in K-12 and not just in schools and education, but uh, we see it across the board. Um, I mean, we can start by talking about yeah, K twelve. I mean, they're 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 definitely looking for a way to design and implement. Um, you know, we have projects that have gone in a direction, and then COVID, and then they've stopped and they've gone in a completely different direction because now now that district is interested in. You know how do we how do we implement outdoor learning right and do you know implement that into our you know into our building or into our site and and then they also come and talk about how do we how do we do interior space planning that's going to give us a little bit extra room right or going to give us um, a better edge on controlling a potential uh, another potential outbreak right um and and so those yeah so we've had projects that are going in one direction change going another direction um all because of all because of covid um but then we have new projects coming online where that's like one of the first things they talk about you know and um it's like hey we, we really want to have this outdoor learning component and um you know engage. and you know they still have the rooms and they still have the restrooms there's still things that they have to um consider but uh, there's definitely a different and, and then even circulation how do we you know how do we widen those walks how do we you know give give um waiting areas for incoming students that have to now maybe wait in a line and, and things like that um, so as far as K-12, there's, there's definitely a lot of um, talk and a lot of work being done to, um, yeah, to prepare for the, the next one. Um, for, for those projects that you said were going in one direction and all of a sudden had to switch, do you see a lot of the, was it something where like the landscape ate into the building footprint? Um, was it stuff like that that you had to look at? They definitely look at how to utilize the, the 
the landscape, right, and the site outside of the building. I mean, there's always been, there, it seems like there's always been a need for or a want by schools to have like that educational garden, right, or that. But now, yeah, now I feel like it, there are these components that are, um, you know, creating maybe an interior courtyard space, right? Or it, it's not just about, hey, we have this piece of piece of land out there can you put a garden or can you put a um an amphitheater can you there definitely is like more of this um idea of how do we integrate the two you know um it it definitely feels it feels like it's going in that that direction so you know we were talking about coronavirus and covid and how that's impacted um kind of the requests coming in through your architecture firm um about a decade ago, there were a lot of buzzwords like with the lead and green design floating around. Have you caught on in this decade to any trends or emerging kind of buzzwords or things that people continually are talking about? I do a lot of work with um, some developers who are kind of focusing on affordable housing, um, looking for working with uh, companies and developers who were doing transitional housing for for homeless, homeless shelters, um, and, um, and kind of temporary, like these temporary living conditions, right? Where, or maybe there's a, we'll, we'll use, we'll use the example of like, you know, if you have the single mother has, you know, has, has, has a kid or a couple kids and, um, having really hard thing, they can kind of house her and the family for a month or so until they are able to get their feet back back up right back on the ground and um, help help her help her find some work or help her at least reach out to family members and maybe you know and, and offering all of these um, offering all of these uh, these amenities to uh, the community and so we're seeing a lot of that right now I mean reusing um, reusing older buildings building new buildings um, and obviously, you got to provide a space for you know yeah. if it's a family or a, a mother with uh, with children, you got to provide a space for some kind of outdoor activity, right? Right. I mean, you're you're thinking of all the programming, right? Um, you're thinking about, I mean, what's the demographic that you're obviously everything? What's the demographic that you're trying to hit, right? Or you're trying to in this case, what demographic are you trying to support? Um, you know, what are the what do they not even so much what do they need, right? But like, what would what would make them happier, you know? Or what would make them enjoy wh- where they're living, right? And so um, there's a lot, and there's a lot of those conversations that that um, that happen uh, at SVA. And so you know, one of the other um, you know one of the other uh, things that I've noticed about developers and i don't know if this is recent or if it's just the the developers that we're working with but i've seen this kind of openness to embrace the community in a way so if there is this kind of affordable component that they're looking at developing um numerous projects have loved the idea of like you know integrating a community center that's not just used by you know the 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 apartments or the townhomes that are that are you know that are adjacent but also the, the the community that is across the street or the community that's down the street or the 
um, and allowing them to use these facilities as well. And, um, you know, the developers of, I mean, we've kind of pitched these ideas to them about kind of opening up and not creating these barriers. They like that idea. Yeah. Has there been anything like that's been really surprising that was asked, you know, for that they wanted or, you know, either from the developer side or the public side? Or maybe, or maybe that the architect you guys um, proposed and they were you know, open to it. Yeah. And you thought, you know, you proposed something and you were like, oh, this is going to get shot down, but we might as well try. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. The one that comes to mind and the, because it's the most recent is, we have a project down in El Centro um, where it was exactly that. We were tasked with kind of developing a rec center for the, the community. Um, but I think in, in looking at the context and looking at the community and there, I mean, there was a park being developed across the street. We did exactly that as it was like, this community center turned into being something that was not just for the, the, the residents, right. But they were for, it was for the entire community. They can have their quinceanera, they can have, um, you know, a wedding, they can have anything, you know, they can use it and they can come in and rent it and they can have this space because maybe in this area, they don't have, that wasn't on the list of deliverables, you know, at all. Mm -hmm. And we ended up kind of proposing that. And we, we, we had kind of a, we, it was like split down the design studio of whether they would like it or not like it. And they ended up loving it and implementing that into the RFP. And yeah, and then we worked with another company called Whole Child. I don't know if you guys have heard of them, Whole Child, but they, yeah, um, yeah I mean, they kind of cater to, like I was mentioning, they cater to um, homeless families. Um, and, and it's this interim housing where they're only there for 30 days, right? Or less or maybe a little longer, but they're, they're very much trying to get them in and, and get them back out, you know, with a, with a great head start, right? So. Yeah. And so how do you take a space, you know, that's indoors and try to bring some of those outdoor elements or bring some landscaping features to make it more, feel more like you're not just in a pod in an office building or an industrial warehouse? You know, what are some of those elements that you can include to make it bring some of that outdoors in, especially if they're, you know, that adaptive reuse is using bigger interior buildings, um, you know, where you're not going to have your own personal yard or things like that. Um, and how do you make that bring those landscape architectural fundamentals into the indoors? Uh, what's the word? You're changing the, you know, you're like changing the, the, the paradigm, right? Yeah, you're, you're, shifting the, it. you're shifting the paradigm. Right. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're, it's definitely, I mean, whether you get the project or not, whether we have a project that, that is addressing it or not, it's always a convert, you know, these conversations always come up, you know, and talking about how do you solve those, those issues. Right. And um, I think that's probably for me, I think that's one of the coolest things is even though, Maybe for a while we don't get any projects that kind of address some of these things that we talk about, that we've talked about, but in the studio we're talking about, mm -hmm. right? And and whether or not they whether or not they make their way onto a project and it's in your face and this is, you know, the, 
this project is about, you know, <laughs> giving back to the community. And, and if it's not in your face, just know that like those things have been talked about across the design table. You know what I mean? With, with, with architects, with landscape architects, with the developer, with, I mean, you know, even with civil and interior, you know, we're all having this conversation. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's just good for the team, right? Just to have those conversations in house. And then once, you know, if there is a, a, a project or a conversation where someone just has that, that thought and can bring it up, you guys have already talked about it. So it's easy to speak to that, right. And, and get that to whether it's a developer an owner or a, a municipality that can, you know, you can explain to them what you've talked about in house, right. And have them take a look at what you can offer and what you're proposing. And, and now it's in their mind and they can take it from there. Right. And I think, you know, and, and having, um, you know, and having the guts to really bring it up too. Right. And having the guts to challenge that, challenge the old way of kind of doing things. Mm -hmm. And if, if you don't bring it up and you don't challenge it, well, what's going to happen? Status quo. <laughs> same repetition, the same, you know, um, we're going to be complaining about this in 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I work for the government and so I know that it's a much bigger, slower moving beast. It's a bigger wheel and a lot slower and harder to turn, you know, so it's, it's cool to know that there's designers and there's um, architects and people out there that are thinking a little bit more innovative about some solutions that we may not even know are fully problems yet, you know? And so once that those solutions will be there on the table, um, kind of once, once we're like, oh yeah, this is what we need to address. And you guys are already there with designs in hand to kind of address those issues. As we feel, right. I'd like to think. I mean, I'd like to think that that seems like a great way to to think. I, I mean, I, you know, yeah, I love I love that idea. At the very um, least, you're, you you like I said, you've had that conversation. You're prepared to yeah speak yeah so, yeah, and that that I mean, I would argue it would help any one looking to develop uh, that type of space, right? Where the more information they have, the, the better um, prepared they are to, to make those decisions and whether or not it'll work um, in that setting. Yeah. And I know right now, um, especially with, with housing, like we've been talking about, you know, beyond transitional housing, the affordable housing aspect and SCAG has been mandated to provide, I think, over a million homes in the region um, by 2030. So there's going to be a lot of development going on over the next decade, um, and it would be really amazing to see some some innovation and some ways to look at, you know, outside of the box thinking. Uh, you know, we're, I think people will be mo more open, especially as the deadlines for these mandates comes down a little bit. They'll be a little bit more flexible and open to some new ideas. Um, so it's a, it's a perfect opportunity to seize right now when people are like, hey, we need to get X amount of homes in my city uh, within the next 10 years. And you're like, hey, here's a plan. Here's how we can get those in um, and provide really people an amazing experience in home life. too. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, you you bring up a good point about like kind of shifting you know we talked about it a little bit earlier but kind of shifting that 
shifting that paradigm in a way like, you know, we talked about COVID and then we talked about kind of some of this transitional, <clears throat> transitional housing. And, and I think one of the things that we've actually talked about is like, is, is how do you, <clears throat> how do you take some of these office spaces that are like no longer used, <clears throat> excuse me, some of these office spaces that are not being used the same way that they were being used before, right? Maybe half of your staff is there. Maybe all of your staff is gone now, right? And working remotely. Um, and what happens with that building? You know, um, what happens with that site, right? And um, having having a conversation about that. I mean that that's fun. I mean that's just a great conversation to have. And then how landscape? How how does landscape play a role in that, right? And how do yeah? I mean, how do you transition that? space how, that building into something that um you know once again shifts that kind of idea of what um what a typical house or a home looks like or feels like right and, and then or what is that even if it doesn't become a home i mean that's just this kind of first kind of thought right if, if it's not a home what, what, what if it's another office space well how does that office space get used now that you don't have you know a hundred employees in this in this small yeah space so yeah i mean these are all like really great kind of things to be thinking about and i, I think there's a lot of firms out there that are doing that yeah no but it, it's just great that that's kind of the trend and kind of where the dialogue amongst designers and architects is going is really looking at opportunities to retrofit um things that were great in the 80s and the 90s maybe but maybe not not as relevant now um, you know, and ways to shift shift the way that we think and the way that we see things, um, and that the way that we experience our homes or other office space and and education buildings and all of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think we can even argue that like it probably wasn't even good back then, right? <laughs> it's like you know what I mean? Like you can have like this much deeper conversation yes. about like, Yes, yeah. definitely arguable. Get on the soapbox and just go, yeah, exactly. But it's a great conversation to have, right? And um, it's a great conversation and not just have amongst yourselves, amongst landscape architects or among architects, but it's a great conversation to have um, across the across yeah. the table. Yeah, that cross dialogue is, is really great because you get a different level of integration that I don't think existed very often before. Yeah, you get you get to see. I, I think you're in more, John. You're in more of a unique position in being a landscape designer working in an architecture focused firm, but you also have interactions with um, interiors, right? Interior designers, um, and basically the 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 makeup of a building, right? You're you're right there having that conversation with them, which is, you know, not not a lot of uh, landscape architects have that. Um, where they can just walk over to, you know, the office next to them or the, the next uh, table over and, and just speak with someone that's outside of their um, profession. We are interdisciplinary in that we do have, yeah, we do have interior, we do have planning, we have landscape, we have architects. So um, having everybody having a seat at the table, definitely, once again, going back to it, definitely um, is a great way to have some good conversations that, Will hopefully one day lead to a uh, <laughs> lead to a better 
better place. Yeah. Well, on that note, talking about interiors and landscape and design, do you have any ideas if you were to build a dream home from the ground up of how you would kind of integrate all of those elements together, having now worked and seeing how all those disciplines work together? You know, like the the first thing that kind of comes to my mind is like, and I hate to kind of keep going back to, I mean, we started with it, right? Talking about COVID, but one of the things like when you drive around, when I was driving around and look around and you see all these restaurants, right? And you see them now, they're putting up these tents outside and you're like, and, and we live in Southern California. I mean, you can go drive up and down the coast and you see these buildings and then you see these tents outside, mm-hmm. right? Where people are eating now. And I mean, some of these restaurants are really nice restaurants. Some of them aren't, but I, I just kind of laughed at the idea that you live in California in Southern California. And the perfect opportunity to, to eat outside, right? And, and answer your question to like live outside, right? And to, and so kind of like embracing the fact that you live in Southern California and like not having a, a house, like a, not having a house that is like so big and so enclosed and like really trying to, you know, maybe just your, essentials right are covered right like maybe the kitchen is covered and maybe the restrooms are covered right but but everything else why not dine outside i mean you live in southern california and it's a beautiful place to live i personally like the outdoor shower concept there you go (laughs) yeah there you go so i think like kind of to answer your question i think that i would say like being influenced by covid in that regard as well like how many things can you in your home open up to the outside, you know, and yeah, could it be your shower? Could it be your, you know, can it be your, even your kitchen, right? And I mean, there's already a lot of that, you know, obviously there's a lot of that in in Southern California. There's a lot of that in general, but I think just, you know, even as me as with my family and thinking about that too, how big of a space do you need? And, and how much of that space can you like open up to the outdoors? Mm-hmm. I think, um, I mean, obviously that's probably something that a lot of people think about and would love to have and would love to incorporate into their, their home. But that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind. And I think it just comes to mind because of COVID and because of seeing all these tents everywhere. It's just, I don't know. So I think to like, to some, to, to kind of, uh, sum all of that up is like, smaller house as much as possible open up to the landscape i mean that's you know so okay so i I think this is a good time to um you know uh finish up and wrap up our uh our episode conversation uh john is there any way that people listening can uh, reach out to you if they have any questions um just want to get a hold of you yeah i mean there's a, a few ways i mean of course you can reach out to me um jay Stalvey, S-T-A-L-V-E-Y, at sva-architects.com. Or you can even reach out to me on my personal, um, jmstalvey at gmail.com. Yeah, both those would work either way. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again, man, for making the time to uh, hang out with us for a little bit. Um, And uh, we'll uh, we'll keep in touch. You know, we got got stuff going on with you, so... (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it too. I, I, uh, I was kind of looking forward to sitting down and uh, and and doing this in person, man. But uh, yeah, you know, we'll time. Have to time. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to uh, find some time to when you come interview going. us. We'll do that. <laughs> well, for the for the hosting position. Yes, right. the season finale. Oh, you guys are you guys are doing great. You don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> doing great. Thanks, those are man. some good. Those are some good questions. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, uh, all right, John. Well, thanks for thanks again. We'll uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening and go out and build something. Yeah.